1: I'm Emily Flowers with the Divorce Lending Association, and I'm a certified divorce lending professional, or CDLP. This is part of our Divorce Literacy Series, and today I'm here with Jason Wamsgantz, who's with Partners Insurance, and I got to tell you, um, I've met with Jason a couple of times, and I... Really enjoy our conversations, which probably seems funny talking to an insurance agent from a lender's perspective. But, um, I really think that he, the way he works and his, the way he does things is just truly unique. And, um, the care that he takes, it just blows me away. So Jason, introduce yourself just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do
0: sure thing well i guess yeah first of all emily uh thank you for the introduction very kind words and and uh, i look forward to our conversation today uh so like emily said i'm jason and with partners insurance um we are an insurance brokerage uh specializing in home insurance auto and life insurance uh been in business for uh 14 years uh so hard to believe it's been that long already uh but we've we've worked with over five thousand households um so naturally we've we've run across a lot of situations uh I've seen a lot of claims in in divorce situations in particular as well so um I understand insurance um is is not sexy um a lot of people don't like to talk about it it's just kind of one of those items you know you check off the list you get done um but uh it's, you know people tend to want to talk about how to make money, but they don't. Uh, really like talking about how to not lose money. Uh, so not not very fun. We get it, uh, but kind of one of those necessary things. Uh, but it, it's funny if if you look on like YouTube, you know, you'll find uh, people who are advising on making money. You know, stock market financial advisors, and they'll have millions of subscribers um if you look up the the you know the top insurance channels they they've got about 20,000 subscribers so it kind of shows <laughs> you how uh, interesting it is but uh, uh that that's that's what we do
1: okay well and and i know that you're kind of downplaying it i you and i have, have talked a lot about um different ways that you know insurance can save you um, and the way that you communicate, I really want to focus on this because you you aren't the guy who gives you the insurance and disappears. So I really kind of want to focus on that a little bit because You'd be surprised when you go by insurance. I I know um, from my experience, there's there's a ton of lenders out there and and bankers and stuff, and they are just kind of order order takers. And insurance agents kind of tend to be the same way by default. Um, in in your case, you're not really like that. You're you're kind of a, a guidance and education person like myself, and you you definitely do not disappear once the insurance has been paid. So, so tell me a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, communication is, is huge for us. And I guess maybe, um, maybe I'll back it up just a little bit, get, give some, some definition to it. So, you know, I, I mentioned earlier we're a brokerage that some people may know what that is. Some people not. So uh, it's probably important first to kind of define what it is. So there's two main channels to purchase your insurance. Um, one would be a captive agent. That's uh, what we re- refer to as a captive agent. Um, so these are sales people who work for an insurance company, right? So think of like State Farm, Allstate, Farmers, companies like that. Um, you guys all know these companies because you saw 27 ads before you had your uh, morning coffee this morning. These are all fine companies. There's nothing wrong with them. Uh, they're They're great companies, been around for a long time. Uh, but it's just not in our opinion the the most optimal way uh, to purchase insurance. So that that's what a captive agent is. So a broker or like what we are sometimes referred to as an independent agent, these are agencies that work for clients that help them find the best fit with whatever insurance company that may be. So we're not employed by the insurance companies, I guess, kind of think of it as, as like an Amazon, right? We, we sit there to, to match the buyer and the seller together. Um, and we do that by asking questions and finding the best fit. Um, there's, there's no one insurance company that we're going to recommend every single time. Um, so obviously there's differences in in rates, you know, obviously everybody wants to get a good deal, but then sometimes there's unique situations with, with flood insurance or earthquake or, you know, the, the age of the home and things like that. So just want to get that out of the way real quick. So that's what we are. We're a brokerage. Um, as far as, is communication. Yeah. So we're, um, you know, after the sale, we're typically going to be in contact with our our clients five to ten times per year. Um, we've really kind of honed that in. We want to be in contact. We don't we don't want to be a pest, right? Um, but we want to make sure that people know that we're there um, and know the resources that they have. You know we've we put a lot of time into creating these resources for our clients. Um, so it's important for them them to know where to go whether it's our website or downloading our app or good old fashioned phone call, which many times works best to, to talk through that situation. Um, so, you know, one of the most impactful things that we do in those touches every year is our annual review. So our annual reviews go out. Um, they're going to go out a couple months before the renewal every single year. Um, and, and that's meant to really touch base with our, with our clients. Um, you know, we're uncovering changes to the property as well as life changes. So changes to the property, you know, you finished a basement, put a deck on uh, a new roof, anything like that. And then life changes would be, you know, you switch jobs, birth of a child, uh, soon to be 16 year old driver and, and kind of um, preparing for that. So um, many times when these things are going on during the year, people just don't think to contact their insurance agent. So um, we're not going to kind of leave you after the sale and say, hey, call me if you need anything. We're going to proactively have that communication with our clients.
1: Absolutely. And I know you have a newsletter too, because I've written for it before, which is kind of unique for for an insurance agency. Speaking of life changes, tell me about insurance and divorce. You know, that's what we're here for today. Um, Mm -hmm. It becomes uh, something that is probably not the first thing that's talked about, but is definitely going to need to be uh, talked about. So tell me a little bit about um, that.
0: Sure. Yeah. So. You know, it's really in setting up the policies is kind of the first place to start. So if 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 the policies are set up correctly in the first place, um, it makes this a lot easier. Um, but assuming, you know, that they're not, or there's some changes along the way, and we need to make, you know, make some changes, you know, we can deal with that. So I guess, you know, for the We'll, we'll, we'll attack homeowners insurance first. So homeowners ins- homeowners insurance doesn't necessarily have to have both of the spouses listed as named insureds on that policy, right? And a lot of times they're not listed because of whatever reason, right? But number one, they're, it's not required. Number two, you know, insurance is very credit based. Um, you know, people may not be aware of that, but the the weight that your credit score holds on how much you pay for insurance is is significant it's one of the heaviest weights other than you know your claims history okay so a lot of times we're going to have the spouse on there that has the higher credit score right so that's going to make that premium a little lower we don't have to add that second named insured you know sometimes it's just an agent forgets um but it's not something that's required on the policy the problem with that is if they're not added and they're separating or divorcing whatever's going on, um, if the spouse calls us and they're not listed as a named insured, they can't get any information on the policy. They can't ask any questions. They can't change a billing address. All of those things are required kind of during that process of separation. Maybe somebody's temporary temporarily at another location and they need the billing to change right it's this spouse handles the billing they they pay this pay the bills so so that's one um so you know that is a point of contention if if we have a spouse that's not listed on the policy and they call and they're not able to make changes or get information they're upset right and so you know we have to explain to them why that is um, and kind of diffuse that situation you know the only way around that is to now ask that other spouse who is on that policy their permission to add the other spouse right and now they have access to the policy um, so that obviously that can be very touchy you know we've we've had situations where if people are still talking if the couple is still talking if they're communicating it could be easy to resolve in situations where they are not communicating with each other Um, obviously that's going to make it a little more complicated Um, so you know on homeowners definitely getting that set up in the first place Um, where we see that happen as well which i forgot to mention is if if one of the people owns a home um, and then they get married later right and then a lot of times they get married they don't think to then go back and add their new spouse to that insurance policy, right? So that that's what we see a lot. One person owns a the home, then they get married. That person's not added to the policy.
1: Well, and I think you know my main issue is when I've got uh, the other spouse who's going to refinance. That's not on the policy. You know, is that going to be a more expensive for them? Is that you know because they haven't been insured before? Is that um, going to create gaps? in insurance coverage, you know, that's, those are the questions that I ask when I am working with my divorcing clients in that, you know, discovery and negotiation phase. So how, how would that affect it? If, if spouse A and spouse B, spouse A's name is on, you know, the mortgage and the insurance and everything, but spouse B is the one who's going to be refinancing. What, what are the dangers there?
0: Yeah, so typically with, with most insurance carriers, the the lack of prior insurance for homeowners is not an issue. Um, it can be. Um, usually it's not going to be a pass or fail type thing, but it it could make the insurance more expensive. Um, you are going to face that a little more. You could face that a little more on the auto insurance side of things um that's going to be a little more touchy with if if you had a gap in coverage um on the auto insurance side of things it's significant so if, if you do have a period where um you had a gap in insurance you, you could be looking at 25 to 100 percent price increase um, so it's going to be very significant insurance companies obviously are very weary of people who uh, would be driving uninsured, so they're making that assumption that during that time you you were driving a vehicle uninsured, um, and so it's going to hit you pretty heavy there.
1: Okay, and then the gap, like transitioning from the the mortgage from one to another, you know, is there any danger there with um, a gap in coverage?
0: Usually it's 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 not so much the gap it's the it's the missed items going from one to the next right so if it's getting refinanced it's going under another name it's got it it's got to be a new policy written we can't just transfer that policy over um you know a lot of times when people have what we call scheduled items so scheduled personal property so think of things that are more high value that you have to put on their separate uh so jewelry art, uh, antiques, firearms. Those are the things that end up getting missed, um, during that process. It's a, it's a stressful situation. People just want to get it done. And they kind of overlook that. Even sometimes if they remember it can be a pain because there's another step there. If if you're doing that, if you're, if you're doing that new policy and you have those items, you have to have an appraisal that's less than three years old. So now you're going out and you're telling someone, Hey, I know you're doing all this by the way, you've got, you know, this, these firearm collection and these collectibles and this art, and it's 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever. We're going to need you to go out to all these different people and get appraisals for them as well. You know, take those back, email those in. So um, it, it's a pain, and a lot of times people kind of drag their feet, and it's it's you know it's not their fault. It's that there's so much on their plate um, at that time. It's it's easy to forget.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. So thank you for clarifying that because sometimes you know you, you know we're we're not advising them on all of that either. We're just see- seeing that one person is insured and the other one's not, and then we're having to you know figure out. Um, new insurance coverage, maybe even a new agent, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that, 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 um, you know, we haven't had before. So luckily, you know, we have trusted advisors like you that we can send them to so that they understand, you know, where, where the gaps could be and, and, and what the, um, the expenses are that go along with that, Um, any other tips that you want to share today? Uh you know, something maybe we're we're just not sure about. I, I know you and I were just having a conversation about um appreciation in the market and and new assessed values and how that could be affecting um, you know, everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh the mortgage market, the the housing market, the, you know, your taxes and your insurance.
0: Yeah. Yeah no great question. Yeah for us really right now it's yeah the inflation piece. Um you know nobody wants to pay more than they have to, right for their for their home insurance, their auto insurance. The, the, the issue we're seeing on, on the home insurance side, the property side is, is the increase um, valuations, but also f- it, from an insurance standpoint is the increase in labor and material costs because of that, right? So we're concerned about what we're covering a home for to be fixed or replaced, not so much what that market value is. That market value represents what someone else is willing to pay you for the home. Right. We're where a rebuild or a fixed cost is what you're gonna have to pay, you know, a contractor to come do that work. So, so for us, you know, like everybody else, inflation is huge. What if if you've not looked at your insurance, your your home insurance for quite some time, if it's been five plus years, there there if there's not a couple of stop losses on there for you, which hopefully there are, you're probably heavily underinsured so we use two ways to do that one is a is an extension so it's a cushion so let's say your home is is uh insured for uh $300,000 right we can put a 25% extension on there or a 50% extension and that's just a real easy way of saying hey you know we've done the valuation the rebuild cost um, but we're going to put this on top of it, just so we can have a little bit of that cushion for those inflationary times, right? Um, and then the other one is just it's simply known as an inflation guard. And so what that'll do is that'll add, you know, a certain amount, three four percent, which is not going to be enough right now in our times, but three or four percent per year will add that to how much you're insuring the home for. Um, those help, um, but when we're facing times like right now, wh- you know, they may not be enough. That that goes back to that annual review. We got to have that conversation. We got to look at it. We got to make sure that we're keeping up with it. If if you're not communicating with your insurance agent for you know two, three, five years, those are the types of things that really sneak up on people. So, you know, I would just caution people. You know, it's, we want to save money because our money is worth less during this inflationary time. But, but not at the expense of underinsuring, you know, one of our largest assets, um, which, which is going to be our home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The experts say we're going to see anywhere from five to 10 percent in appreciation this year. So uh, that's something to keep in mind. I, I got to tell you, Jason, I, I mean, I always enjoy talking to you. This has been very educational, not just for me, but I'm hoping everybody listening and I I truly appreciate you. If somebody were to seek you out besides calling me, because y'all are, you know, on my hot list, like emergency. Hey, you here, here you go. I give it to everybody. Uh, how would they get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, you can go to our website, partnersinsure.com, um, or you can email us at service at partnersinsure.com, or uh, you can call us at 314-919-2001.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I completely appreciate having you on. I'm so glad that um, we could uh, take this time uh, to kind of sit down and just take a little time to educate today. And uh, you were the perfect person to do it. So I truly appreciate it.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I I appreciate you having me on.
1: Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming. Have a good day.
0: you. You too.
1: Thanks for listening to Divorce Literacy. Discover more strategies and solutions on divorce mortgage planning at DivorceLendingAssociation.com.